0: Folks, this is Bela, and I'm recording this intro solo, as Mike is a bit busy wrapping things up for the semester. You know, when Mike and I get together to record a podcast, before we hit the record button, we typically have a conversation about what's going on in our lives and in the world. Basically, two good friends catching up since the last time they spoke. Back in episode 128, Mike and I did an experiment, and we hit the record button as soon as our conversation started, and we decided to include it as part of our regular podcast. We received some great comments from our listeners who said they really enjoyed that episode. We also received a very nice email from John, who suggested we make our pre-podcast conversation part of the podcast. Thank you, John, for your thoughtful email and suggestion. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Mike and I discussed John's suggestion, and we decided that we will make separate episodes out of our pre podcast conversations. That way, when those listeners who are only interested in the unconventional path can easily skip over them. Not sure what we're going to label these episodes, but for now, we're going to call them our pre podcast discussion. Also, I'm not quite sure how often we will release these episodes as sometimes our conversations are not really podcast-worthy. Well, enough of the introduction. I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Uh-oh, now I can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, it unfroze. Okay. I think I think when you started recording, it froze. That was it. It flipped it for a second,
2: yeah. Okay. I'm well, good. How how are you?
1: I am Okay. I will be better shortly, a little busy, huh? just a lot, yeah, a lot going on at once, nothing bad, but just kind of one of those two or th- really a three really a three week stretch where literally eight in the morning till seven at night have had structured stuff going on, and so which is fine, um, but not a lot of time just to organize my own thoughts and to do a good job on stuff, and you remember that feeling right when you kind of are dealing with everybody else's stuff and you're not taking care of your own stuff so well you know that's what it's felt like
2: yeah it, you know i have this it, it, emotionally i have this real threshold of of i don't know what it is like you know my mental to-do list or and and when it gets above that my anxiety level goes up in a in a disproportionate amount to the things that i had get added to the list you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Maybe we all have those somehow inside of us, but I I can juggle so many things and that's okay. But when it gets above that, I, I don't deal with it. Well, so I understand yeah. what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just that kind of that, right. You're right. That threshold and right. And you know, anxiety wise, you're like, it's no big deal. None of this stuff is life or death. It's not, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's all small things, but right. It's just this discomfort that you just, you're going to, something's not going to work or you're going to forget. I mean, I was late to class for the first time in 20 years, right? I forgot about a cl- an online class. I mean, one of my students called me, which was great, but I, I literally lost track of time, which never happens to me. Wow. You know, oh.
2: Well, because I, I was working
1: know, on something else, right? I was
2: trying to get something else done. So remember we do this podcast together to relieve tension, not cause it. So it, it's, it, it's a it's not a super high priority <laughs> so yeah. you know if there's other things that come up uh i can do it solo you know i being retired i don't have a lot of things coming up but you know uh, so don't uh, don't let this add to the pile of uh anxiety inducing uh elements it should just be the opposite this should be part of the relieving tension causing it.
1: well which is which, and this is this worked out our timing this week worked out perfect. So it was good yesterday that I took the time to actually li- and I only listened to the two, I didn't get to the third one. So I got okay. the first two, two done. Um, and I figured we can either wing the third one or, or do it later. But yeah, so and then this is the last thing of my week, which is nice, right? So my week is all the structured stuff is done. I got a couple little cleanup tasks I got to do after we're done. Um, but then I'll call it a week. And and then next week is not nearly as bad. So finally, kind of, I can breathe a little bit and have some time back. So that'll be really nice. So next week is, is better. I literally blocked out all of next Friday, was able to literally hold everything. The only thing that's on our, our my calendar is for us to do this on the 17th, um, which will be great as long as that still works for you. Um, and, and then after that, I've got one more class to teach. And then I'm off to the U.S. if they
2: don't close the borders between now and then. Mm. So, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, let's, uh, what's going on? You guys got a new prime prime minister? Is that what it's called?
1: Uh, chancellor.
2: Chancellor, excuse me.
1: Chancellor. Yes. But it's, uh, so we have a president and a chancellor. And, yes, the, cha- the new chancellor, Olaf Schultz, took over, uh, I think, the day before yesterday. And he is... Um, from the Social Democratic Party, which is center-left. So it's a little more liberal government uh, than the outgoing one of Merkel, who was, she was the uh, chancellor for 12 years, uh, three terms. Um, and it's a coalition government. It's a three-way coalition government, which is interesting. So um, this this uh, Social Democrat Party, they were in coalition with, um, Merkel's party, the the Christian Democratic Union, Union Christian Social Union, uh, CDU CSU, is their abbreviation. their center right. So those two were shared power for a while. And Olaf Scholz was actually the finance minister. So the new ca- chancellor was the finance minister under Merkel, and so they worked together really closely. Obviously, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not a big, you know, it's not a big break. And then the the Green Party is part of the coalition, so that's really. Um, a kind of a big deal here. So um, the little farther left than the Social Democrats Um, and then um, a very pro-business party. So a little more uh, libertarian, um, not so big on taxes and uh, but free markets and, um, you know, not so social. So they really had to work together to compromise, to come up with a platform um, of things that they can agree on. And that was really interesting. So they did that pretty quickly. Um, The cabinet, is half men and half women that was one of schultz's promises that he made um so that's very uncommon here even though we had a woman chancellor the top echelon has been very much dominated by men um so so interesting so i we don't we're not nobody's really expecting huge changes i think um but there's a lot of challenges as you know in the world right now um and we'll see what happens so it's has it's an interesting week here in germany from a politics standpoint
0: yeah. What about there? Yeah. Uh, not much going on. You know, as we record this on uh, December 10th, um, the only, I guess the big news is the uh, COVID stuff is still sort of increasing here. Uh, our our uh, infection rates in this region in sort of upstate New York are like pushing 10%. Um, wow. Hospitals are having capacity problems. Uh, Due to two things, Uh, one is the the sort of increase in COVID cases, and the second is um, most of the hospitals here instituted a uh, rule that uh, their workers have to be vaccinated, and uh, so many of the hospitals lost, uh, 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 you know, maybe 10% of their workforce, up to 10% of their workforce, so that's of course impacting their ability to to staff beds. Uh, so those two things together uh, are are chart. You know, the, so they just canceled uh, or suspended, I should say, all elective surgeries in in like twenty or thirty hospitals in in New York State uh, because of the increase in COVID. So there seems to be a good spike going on, predominantly the Delta uh, strain, as far as folks can tell, and. From what I've been able to garner from the data, uh, it's about two-thirds, one-third hospitalization. So about two-thirds of the folks in the hospital are non-vaccinated. About one-third of them are vaccinated. Um, you know, and that bounces around a little bit just from what I've been able to, to gather. So that's an interesting data point, right? So clearly the the, the vaccine is losing some of its efficacy and of course that's why they told everyone to get boosters um, which um, um, I hopefully people will do and um, so yeah that's what's going on so actually the ski season started here so you know last year the ski season was really weird because you had to wear a mask and doing the things that I do as a ski patrolman um, you know the patient patient interactions or we, we actually separated our We had to make a lot of modifications to our treatment rooms to keep patients separated and distanced. And we actually set up a separate treatment room uh, in case someone comes in with COVID or any symptoms, you know, and uh, so it's made our life a little more complicated. And their rule at the ski area is um, if you're indoors or you're standing in line, you have to wear a mask regardless of your vaccination status. And when you're riding a lift, or, or if you can't be more than six feet away from someone, you have to wear a mask, even if you're outside riding a lift. Um, so that's sort of an, a dynamic, and that's how the, that's how it was last year, and that continues this year. So it's basically like no change uh, from the from the point of view of operating the ski area, and and the things that as as emergency responders, first aiders, we do uh, on the slopes. So yeah. So that's what's going on here. Uh, everything else is, you know, we've had a little bit of snow on and off. Although tomorrow's supposed to be fifty degrees, so we'll see. Interesting. Yeah.
1: You've got this recorded, or do you want me? To, I I didn't start recording, Bela. Oh, uh, we're recording the Skype, so we're yeah.
0: Fine. I, I yep. have it. I have it in Skype. So okay, we're we're okay, Mike. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah, COVID here is bad. Also, um, I just looked at the rates. Um, so in the country, it's not so good. In our local area, we're in a little bubble that's, that's not so bad. Um, the nationwide, there were um, 61,000 new infections yesterday. Um, 22% of the COVID patients, uh, or the, the 22% of the intensive care unit patients are COVID. And like there, the, the intensive care units are full um, and the hospitals are, are full uh, so it's uh, it's kind of problematic there. A lot of strain on the system. Um, the incidence rate is 413 per 100,000, um, and it's starting to go down. It hopefully it peaked, but here in our my city in Munster, it's only 139. Yeah. So it's about one quarter or one third of yeah. the I guess one third of the
0: national average. You know, I was thinking, uh, but of... we moved. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry.
1: We we moved. i just gonna. We moved all our classes again, kind of back to online um, last week, um, and uh, and they're still doing some classes in person um, at my university. But um, the ones like that I teach that don't need a lab or anything like that, I we moved all those to
0: online. Yeah, yeah. We haven't moved any of that stuff online yet. My my two grandkids that go to you know elementary school are still going to in classroom stuff. You know, it's interesting. Right. I was thinking about how how the testing dynamic has changed from you know a year ago to to, to now. Um, in in that, you know, year ago there there was people being tested every week because of their job because they weren't faxed, etc. And and now people are. So, so so I wonder how we we have to be careful about the sampling we're doing there, right? When we're yeah. thinking about the infection rate because it's changed from how we test things a year ago and there's also a bunch of people doing home testing and that data doesn't get reported any place so uh, you know I don't I don't understand enough about statistics and all that kind of stuff to 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 think about it but it it sort of makes me uh, say that the infection rate is not the only thing we should look at and it seems like at least around here that's all we talk about is the infection rates going up the infection rates going up and it seems to me that hospitalizations going up would be a good thing to talk about. And then if we want to convince people to get vaccinated, let's take the hospitalizations number and break it into two, those who are vaccinated and those who are not. And no one talks about that. No, those numbers I had to go dig those numbers up, right. What I quoted to you a little earlier, I had to go figure that out on Mm -hmm. my own. And it seems to me, same thing with, you know, hospitalizations and intensive care of the X number of people in intensive care. This percentage are vaxxed, This percentage are not vaxxed. and and sort of let let the data convince people whether they should get vaccinated or not, as opposed to trying to mandate it, which has been a disaster here. Right? It just it's just not working. The courts are overturning everyone's you know all the, all the various different political leaders and their and their attempts to demand vaccinations uh, are being overturned. However. The ones that have been held up and successful are when corporations do it. So it it, Mm -hmm. it appears that if a corporation says, look, a condition for employment is you have to be vaxxed, that works. But if, if the government says, tries to edict something here, that's been overturned pretty consistently in the courts, or at least held up in the courts to be adjudicated later, you know? Yeah. Interesting.
1: So yeah, on the testing side, going back, so it was interesting. We had a huge testing system in place, free and available everywhere. You could you used your phone, you set up an appointment or you could do it without an appointment in and out in five minutes. Um, and then in an effort to incentivize people to get um, to get um, vaccinated, they. Um, they started to shut down the testing centers and say, you have to pay if you're if you're not vaccinated, right? And then they decided, oh, they have to make everybody pay. So, um, so then people had to pay for a while to to get tested, um, and all the, a bunch of these centers shut down. And then when the numbers went back up again in in October, November, they decided that was a bad idea. Now they've reopened the testing centers, and it's and it's free again. So there's lots of people getting tested. We like, for instance, have a test center. Right in our the parking lot of our of our university building, right? so the the students can go and get tested on their way in, um, which is kind of interesting. So, yeah, I think those testing numbers, right, depends on how expensive testing is and how much it's available and how people are getting tested. So I completely agree with you. and we do we changed uh, over the summer to focus on the hospitalization rates to make decisions on on things like that. And so I think we, you know, but we our our states, we're also a decentralized, right? It's a, there's a federal government, but the states have a lot of power here in Germany. But they've done a much better job of agreeing and compromising, I think, than in the U.S. So there really is basically one policy in, across Germany with some local flavors, some local variations, but it still looks like kind of one government-wide policy, which obviously in the U.S. is um, is not the case. So that's been inter- it's been interesting to watch that play out here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's. It, I find it sort of fascinating the the way this whole thing has rolled out, right? It's, and it and it's going to be an interesting study for some sociologist. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of papers written on it. You know, ten years from now, when the dust settles on on the whole notion of ways of managing this stuff, and and the other yeah. thing that I find interesting is that <clears throat> in some in some from some perspectives we want to treat this as a crisis and, 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 and we should behave that way. And, and, and what I'm trying to say is that when there's a crisis, there's, there's sort of one channel of communication and information, right? Like, like uh, God forbid, you know, when an airplane crashes, right? The national transportation safety board comes in here in the United States and they have a press conference every day at a specific time, and they disseminate the information nobody else <laughs> nobody else is going on you know late night tv or no one else is going on other news channels and saying things it's one specific way of disseminating information and it's consistent and it and it's and it's thought through and i think one of our challenges has been we had some of that you know in the in the earlier days of it we certainly had it here in new york state with governor former governor Cuomo You know, every day at noon he had a press conference, and you know it was it was good. Uh, You may agree or disagree with what he said and how he did it, but my point is there was one source of information for what was going on in New York State, and and we haven't done that in this country, and and I think we're we're suffering from that because we have we have various different federal level organizations disseminating information. And then we have all the States disseminating information and it's not surprising. People are confused. They don't know what to do. (laughs) Right. And then plus of course you have all the media outlets and all of the, you know, social media stuff that goes on as as well. And it's just, it's a confusing world right now, I think. And, and, uh, because it, it, you, you hear so many different things it's like okay this Omicron thing is bad oh no it's nothing to worry about it's bad it's nothing to worry about oh my god we're shutting the borders no don't shut the board you know it's just like as a that, that's not good in a crisis <laughs> if you're trying to manage a crisis that's not a good way to do it. if you're debating about you know whether, whether we should uh paint the sidewalk red or whether we should paint the sidewalk blue that's fine (laughs) but but if it's an important decision where you're trying to get and change people's behavior or get people to behave a certain way it's not a good way of doing it i don't think
1: agreed agreed i mean in any organization the government is an organization for better or for worse right Mm -hmm. clear communication is critical um and yeah it's it's uh the sad thing about it is how many people I mean, and again, people don't believe the numbers of deaths, but at least the fairly direct connections that I've had between, you know, friends and, and colleagues that have lost relatives to this unnecessarily because they weren't immunized and things like this. You know, this is where the real loss happens. Right. Um, we look at it, you know, we can uh, absolutely the economic uh, impacts are and, and some sector, sectors devastating and that must be uh, considered. But I just can't imagine uh, what it feels like. I mean, I know what it's like to lose a parent, but I know uh, uh, one of my friends has lost a parent who didn't want to get vaccinated, and that's just a tremendous loss for a right. family. So we can look at it at the big, high level, like what we're doing, and I think it's really important to have these discussions and these debates. But we also have to remember the, you know, household by household, um, all the victims of this. Um, it's 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 sad, and it's going to take a long time to to deal with this, right? Hopefully we can get a handle on the public health part. Right. But I think the emotional, um, stress of all of this, uh, is, is a, is a whole nother story that we could talk about <laughs> for hours. Right. Right. Um, exactly. It's, exactly. it's amazing.
0: Well, all right. Hey, should we get into, uh, the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for that episode. I hope you enjoyed our pre podcast discussion as usual. We always appreciate your comments and suggestions. You can reach us at bayla.and.mike at gmail.com. Take care and see you next time.